All right, so today is our uh, last Sunday, our final Sunday in our series called Neighbors, where we have... (laughs) Where we have been, if you haven't been here, we have been talking about, where we have been talking about what it means to be a good neighbor today. We've been asking some questions, who is my neighbor? What does it mean to love my neighbor as myself? And here's been my really, you know, underneath it all, this has been my motivation, right? This thing is, here we go. This has been my motivation. Am I really able to love my neighbor if I do not know them? Like, can I really love my neighbor as myself? If my neighbor is anyone who has a need, can I really love them as myself if I do not know them, their story, their pain, their need? Spoiler, the answer has been no. So I've been challenging you each week to do something to get to know your neighbor. Get to know your neighbors. So things like close that software update. Things like learn the name of your neighbors on your street or in your building. Like introduce yourself. Ask them what their name is. The people that you've lived next to for however long you've lived where you are. Go on a prayer walk. Some of you have done that. Go on a prayer walk in a different neighborhood. Pray for the houses you pass, the people that you pass. See what happens. See what opportunities arise because you are aware of how God might be moving and working through your neighborhood. I challenged you on week two to go with me to Grace Church and to serve a place that in a neighborhood that sometimes we're told not to go to. It's dangerous. Nothing good happens there. Let's go see how God and the kingdom are showing up in the life of these kids right there in South Louisville. And we'll probably do it again. It was a great time. And then last week I talked to you about kind of part two of being witnesses in in every neighborhood, in every space, I challenged you to start learning the stories and history of West Louisville, why it developed the way that it did, and how that still impacts the way that our community functions today. And so your challenge last week was just to begin learning the story. And I had a bunch of resources I posted. If you haven't gotten a chance to look at them yet, that's okay. They're still going to be there. There's time. They're going to be there as long as our teaching series page is on the website. (laughs) So some interviews, um, some news pieces, right? A blog, a blog to look at. In fact, the next books I'm going to talk about, in case you haven't, this is Walt and Shay Smith. They live in the Russell neighborhood. They're the ones that started the West of Ninth blog. And it started because Walt grew up in the West End in West Louisville, uh, and him and his wife settled there. They're raising their three boys there in the Russell neighborhood. And, and Shay talks about, you know, they, they knew what the dominant narrative was. Don't cross Ninth Street. Don't go there. Nothing good happens there. And Shay says she even had lots of friends who would never come to her house. Right? They would, they would never, you know, you host people in your homes. You have a movie night with your friends. They would never come to her house. And so they started this blog called West of Ninth. That's one of your resources that I shared. There's this interview which this is a still from, and then there's also just the blog itself. They've interviewed over 500 people that live in West Louisville, and it's a photography blog. So they take a picture of the person, and they ask them some questions, and they feature a piece of their story. They interviewed the first African-American man to graduate from the UofL Dental School who grew up in West Louisville, was told that he would never be a dentist, and proved them all wrong, and went back and is still practicing in West Louisville today as a dentist. 
right? Stories of people that they didn't know. They got one of the nine neighborhoods that make up West Louisville. Interviewed um, nearly 500 people learning the stories. And there's a, a piece of this interview that I just think is some really great advice for all of us that I thought this just sums it all up, okay? This sums it all up. It's a great thing for us to hear this morning as we're wrapping up. In their interview, uh, they say this. This is their advice. Just get to know people who are different from you. You'd be surprised to know how much you have in common and what could come from it. We have this understanding that everyone is different. Backgrounds are different. But at the end of the day, get to know your neighbors. We have more in common than we think, more to bridge us than separate us. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are compelled to love our neighbors as ourselves, to get to know our neighbors. And it's all because we understand and know that God is love. So 1 John 4 is where we've kind of camped out the last three weeks. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves God has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Did you hear that? <laughs> Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And then skipping down to the verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. My favorite part, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the love of God that compels us, right? Compels us to go and be witnesses to Christ. We've also looked at Acts 1.8 to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of of the earth. We've looked at what that might look like, going in places, and we're not, we're not calling this enemy territory like in that day of Samaria, but places that we might avoid, the whole region, everywhere, to anyone who has a need. That's what it means to be a witness for Christ, to tell the story of Jesus and how he set us free, to be a witness. This love of, this love of God compels us to move beyond our comfort zones and our, our regular routines, our little pockets in our neighborhoods that keep us sort of associated with like-minded people. This love of God compels us to cross boundaries and borders that separate us, to get to know our neighbors truly, so that we may grow to love them as ourselves, so that God's love, this mission of God in the world, might be perfected through us. That was week two. Remember, perfected through us. It might, the, the mission of God's love in the world might be completed. It might reach its end goal. It's what you might call the telos, right? The purpose, the end. God's love might be completed through our acts of love and justice and mercy and goodness and compassion because God is love. And so I have some good news for you this morning. We are all witnesses. And you, church, are already doing this right now just by participating in this body of believers. You are witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I've been challenging you each week as uh, personally, right, to get out of your box and comfort zone and get to know your neighbors. We're going to keep doing that. 
We're going to keep doing that. But also as this gathering of the body of believers, we are witnesses together by some of the work that we do together, that you've participated in, just by being present, just by giving of your tithes and offerings, and some of us by, by going, we, we all represent God through this church together. And so you are witnesses. Just a couple of examples of some of our mission partners, your witnesses right here in Jefferson Town as a church partner with the local food pantry. There's a box that stays out front with a list of things. Anytime you're at the grocery store, if there's a few items that you just want to pick up, you just leave it right there in that box, and we have some church mice, (laughs) some little angels, that whenever it's full, they deliver it to Jefferson Town Area Ministries, located right in downtown J-Town. That's the local food pantry. Many of you uh, went to Grace Kids with us. This is one of the the mission partners of our district, one of our missional churches, but y'all went and participated. We've continued to serve meals and pack lunches for 4th Avenue as they've adapted to how they are serving people down at 4th Avenue UMC throughout this pandemic. Okay, you're not calling it heat, Vance. What do you call it now? Heat? Homeless Louisville, thank you. Many of you go out every Saturday morning to the homeless camps and honestly provide some just basic humanity of seeing people, talking with them, offering them communion, offering them some physical things that they might need. But through our homeless Louisville outreach, y'all are going to places that many people avoid. Y'all are being witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Still, one of our main mission partners here as a church is Go Ministries. We have continued throughout these three years that have been difficult. We have continued to sponsor two of our missionaries through Go Ministries. Pastor Raphael is still serving in the Dominican Republic. And Mike and I, we got something in the works. We're trying to sort of reconnect with him and get an update and hopefully plan a trip there another mission outreach trip in 2024. We get those details together. That's going to be a big deal and a lot of money to raise. And so we're going to hopefully be telling you about that sooner rather than later. But that would be summer 2024 that we would go and we would remember and see the ministries that Go is doing. And we have the Casa del Valle family, Juan, who is kind of our missionary in residence. I, is that, that's his new title. I'm going to call him my missionary in residence. And we have continued to support both Juan and Raphael throughout the past several years. And you all have been witnesses to the end of the earth as we have partnered together with people who are on the ground globally doing the work of telling the story of Jesus. We are witnesses. So we've spent some time like talking each week about what this means, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and now to the end of the earth. And that's really where I want to spend a few minutes reflecting. And I just kind of gave it away, you know, go ministries and what we do. But I want to spend a few, time, few moments reflecting with you this morning on what it means to be a witness to Christ to the end of the earth. Because, yes, the story of Jesus and the love of God compels us, and it grows. And some of us receive the call like Juan did. Many of you have heard his story, where he went to the DR, and he left his job and became a missionary through Go. And he is working to, like, start up small businesses and support people there. and community. He's, like, over all of the community development now, right? Yeah, like doing amazing things. 
Sometimes that's how the call of God goes, right? Where you're going to cross boundaries and literally cross seas to the ends of the earth, leave everything, and and go and, and be a witness. But that's not always how the call of God goes. And I want you to hear this morning that just because you haven't been called to pack up and leave and move to a different country doesn't mean that you're off the hook of being a witness to the end of the earth, okay? That's really, that. if you don't remember anything else this morning, I want you to remember that. I'm not off the hook of being a witness for Christ to the end of the earth. Because the truth is, you have opportunities to be a witness right here in Louisville right here in Louisville. And honestly, to get to know your neighbors right here in Louisville, to be a witness for Christ to the ends of the earth by how you love them right here, right here. Uh, a few weeks ago, Matt and I, we had had, we never, we don't do these kind of fun things. I feel like I've like had all these examples recently. It was like, we did one thing and all this came from it. Um, I told you about going to the West of Ninth exhibit. Well, that same sort of trip, we had had dinner on fourth street. So my first time going down there since I've lived here. <laughs> it's fine. Kids, pandemic. We're trying to act like we like live in Louisville now. Go out and do fun things. Um, so we thank you, Sharon. We went to dinner on Fourth Street Live, and afterward there really wasn't much going on. We're like, this is weird. <laughs> it's like Saturday night. Where's everybody? <laughs> um, we just decided to take a walk and go to the river. So like from Fourth Street Live, just keep on walking right toward the Galt House, and and. That's where we found everything, and we stumbled upon World Fest 2022. You guys, you all heard about it? International Festival in Louisville had no idea it was going on, because I'm a dork, I guess. No idea. And we saw, I mean, first we saw, like, all of these, you know, public service vehicles and all these police cars lined up on the street, you know, and we're like, wow. And we could hear the music. It was, like, drawn toward the music. And the more is that lawn right next to the Muhammad Ali Center, the museum, and the farther in we went, the bigger it got. It was incredible. Did anyone else go? Cool. Okay, so there's over 150 different vendors, international food and arts and crafts. They had, they had music, like local and international. It was actually an Irish band that was playing that night. It's really fun. <laughs> and it was incredible. And I was a minority, and we loved it. Like, they're not, I'll be honest, there are not many spaces that I walk into where me as a, as a white person am in a minority, and I was there, and it was a good space for me to be, and it was a good thing for me to feel, and to listen, and learn, and smell, and hear, I mean, it was a beautiful thing. I learned that this was actually the 20th anniversary of World Fest in Louisville, where it's this, we're celebrating all of the many cultures and all of the many peoples that live right here in Louisville. So this is, I think this was our mayor. He's quoted saying, World Fest is a great event for exploring and celebrating Louisville's many faces and cultures, and we always look to make it more vibrant, more diverse, and more educational. And then he says this, Louisville is actually more culturally diverse than ever before. Isn't that exciting? Did you know this? Maybe you, maybe you know this already. Louisville is more culturally diverse than ever before. There are over, look, there's World Fest. There are over 150 different languages spoken in our JCPS public school system. Over 150 different languages. In 2019, Kentucky ranked fifth in the United States for refugee resettlement. Fifth after Texas, 
Washington, New York, and California. Y'all, those some big dogs. I was like, Kentucky? Fifth after Texas and New York and California. I didn't have updated numbers because the pandemic and lots of different, but 2019, we ranked fifth in refugee resettlement. And that year, we, we settled 1,427 refugees in Kentucky. A lot of times, it's Louisville, Lexington, Owensboro, and Bowling Green. We have a thriving Kentucky refugee ministries that started in 1990 here in Louisville. They now have ministries. They have offices in Lexington and in northern Kentucky. It's a kind of a collective of different faith communities. It's not just Christian, but the majority are Christian. And they seek to help refugees set up their homes, connect with resources, learn English as a second language, help them apply for jobs, navigate the higher education system, which is why a lot of people come here. And just helps them create a new home of belonging and safety. As refugees, we know after a lot of them are fleeing violence and trauma. Since 1990, Kentucky Refugee Ministries has helped settle over 16,000 refugees in Kentucky. In Kentucky. And this was, I also thought, this was really neat. 35% of the city's population growth over the past 20 years has come from international residents from over 150 different countries throughout the world. That's the city of Louisville. 35% of the city's population growth has been international folks from over 150 different countries. You have an opportunity to witness to the end of the earth right here in Louisville by how you love your neighbor, by how you get to know them, by how you learn their story and their culture. Y'all, if someone invites you over for dinner, go and eat. <laughs> like, get to know their story and their culture and, and why they make the things that they make or why they, why they do the things that they do and, and what brought them here. There is more to unite us than what separates us. We, are, we have more in common than we think as part of Brothers and sisters, we're part of, part of our common shared humanity. It is the mission and nature of the church to be global. I want you to hear that. That's the second thing you should remember. <laughs> it is the mission and nature of the church to be global. The mission of God's love is to be a witness to the end of the earth. We got that. But then also the nature of the church is to reflect this sort of global community and the diversity within it and our brothers and sisters of Christ. If you were here last week, we had a special guest and Lauren Maddox, and she shared part of her story. If you weren't here, go back and listen. It was a powerful moment. I encourage you, it's online. But she referenced Revelation 7-9 last week and sort of this vision, this picture we get of the kingdom of God when Christ sort of has a return and Christ sits on, we're all gathered together around the throne room. And it's this beautiful image of the church triumphant. And it says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. 
blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. People from all tribes and nations and, and tongues and languages united, praising God. And what unites us, I've said this before, the one thing that unites us as followers of Jesus Christ, as believers, is the simple confession, Jesus Christ is Lord. That confession that Peter uttered at the gates of hell, and Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The confession, Jesus Christ is Lord. That's it. That's it. I think it's so easy for us to get consumed by sort of our own location in the world as a church. That I think it's really easy to focus only on what divides us. There are so many denominations represented in America. I live 10 minutes away, and I passed four churches on my way here this morning. On your way home, count. I'm curious. Tell me how many you pass on your way home. It is so easy <laughs> to only focus on what divides us. Of all these denominations that are represented, that there's sort of this competitive spirit. We focus on what makes us different, what makes us better, what makes us right and them wrong. Y'all, that's self-righteousness. That's not good. But we actually can forget that we are part of one body of Christ, universal, global, united by that one confession, Jesus Christ is Lord. And when we zoom out a little, if, if we just zoom out just a little bit, we see that the church is already a global reality. So the two things we're saying this morning, the mission of the church is to be global, to share the love of Christ to the ends of the earth, and also the nature of the church, of who we are and how we gather, is to be global. Is to realize that there is more that we have in common than what sets us apart. We've been living through a really, really divisive time. And it's hitting close to home. We can focus so much on what separates us and what divides us and new denominations that are starting that we can forget that we are part of one family. And if we are a part of that church, we have this hope that the gates of hell will never prevail against it. No matter what changes it goes through, no matter what it might be called, the church of Jesus Christ founded on that confession, Jesus Christ is Lord, the gates of hell will not prevail. Another one of my favorite things that I quote that you've heard me say, we are members of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not in trouble, and neither are you. The kingdom of God is not in trouble, so therefore neither are you. This is a really good day to remember this. Because today, all around the world, we celebrate World Communion Sunday. For some churches that only celebrate monthly or maybe quarterly or maybe annually, we celebrate communion every week because it's a part of who we are, the story that we practice, right? The grace that we need that is sufficient. But not everybody does, and, and, and so today is one of those set-aside times in the global church and a lot of different denominations and traditions when they recognize World Communion Sunday. And we recognize and remember that there are brothers and sisters all over the world that are gathering around their tables, whatever those look like, 
and celebrating the Lord's Supper. And y'all have heard me say this before too, my favorite part about communion, I say that a lot. Can you have like 50 favorite things? Sure, thank you. Is that this gives us a foretaste of that coming banquet at the kingdom of God. Right, it gives us this sort of in the church triumphant, when we gather and celebrate this meal, it's like the veil is torn back just a little bit. And we get maybe just a glimpse of what this like great feast will be like of this table where everybody has room and there's a seat for all and there's going to be people from every nations and tribes and tongues gathered around. And so today we have this sort of unique opportunity to remember as we celebrate communion that there are people in lots of different denominations and traditions and countries and languages that are celebrating the exact same sacrament of grace that are celebrating the same exact story of what Jesus has done for you and for me and set the church in motion. And so we don't celebrate alone. We don't celebrate alone, but we celebrate as part of the big C church, global church. This is the last thing I want to share with you, and then we'll move to celebrating communion. But I had a friend from seminary. Her name's Jessica. She's a fellow United Methodist pastor down in Louisiana. And she had the opportunity to go and participate in the World Council of Churches that happened right here at the end of August. So over 4,000 different Christians from different denominations, different countries, and she went and represented United Methodism. She wasn't alone. There were some others of us there. But she had, she had the opportunity to go to Germany at the end of August for these like two-week-long sets of meetings, these gatherings of believers from all over the world. She said it was a very humbling experience. But she, being there, she was reminded of the church global. Learning about denominations, this is what she said, that I never knew existed before now, all with their own histories, theologies, splits and divides, connections and reunifications. I'm talking to individuals who are personally affected by issues I only ever read about in the news. The war in Ukraine, the refugee crisis, flooding in Pakistan, sanctions in Syria, challenges facing people throughout the world. This was the part I want to share with you. She says, often we talk about someone unable to see the forest for the trees. But perhaps we in the Christian community struggle with the opposite. We are all so busy worrying about our own particular trees that we lose sight of the enormous forest we actually find ourselves within. This is what the World Council of Churches helps us to do, to open our eyes to the global expressions of Christian faith the world over so that we might join together in unity to work for justice and peace, so that we might look up from the incessant examining of our own tree's bark and realize the powerful forest we find ourselves within. So I felt a little convicted about that last line. Staring at our own, so consumed, so concerned about our own thing, and if we are right or good or better, spirit of competitiveness. Right, I talked about those vices like months ago, that, you know, self-righteousness and pride and vain just keeps coming right back up, doesn't it? It is the mission and nature of the church to be global. It is your mission of love to go and love your neighbors, no matter who they are and where, they, where they're from, what language they speak. 
But it's also part of our nature to remember who we are. That we are bigger and more diverse than we think. And that we are united in this one thing. Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are and for how you continue to be at work in the world and in your church. God, help us to hold on to this hope this morning that no matter what changes little C churches might undergo, that we find ourselves within the big C church that is global, that is growing, that is witnessing to you to the ends of the earth. And if the church of Jesus Christ has lasted this many thousands of years, God, we know. We know that a faithful expression of Jesus Christ will continue. Help us not get lost in the weeds and trees of our own lives and and church polity that, that we forget the mission that you have called us to that we forget the amazing and incredible opportunity we have to get to know our neighbors. Because chances are they're going to bless us a whole lot more than we might bless them. Help us grow in love and compassion so that we might seek to do your will, to work for justice, to be united in love. Love you, God, and we thank you for this opportunity. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. So in honor of World Communion Sunday, I'm going to invite you to pray the prayer of the great Thanksgiving with me. We don't always use this liturgy here at Revolution, but there are some times I think it's a powerful thing to do. So your words will be in green. Church, will you join me as we pray together? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You have made from one every nation and people to live on all the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water in the spirit. He commissioned us to be witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. And today, his family and all the world is joining at this holy table. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant that's been poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves 
in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim now together the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is given. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Would you make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and among every people to witness faithfully in your name. By your spirit, O God, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at that great heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. Amen.